Friends, you are listening to episode 492 of the Juicebox podcast, and today my guest is Grace. Grace has had type 1 diabetes for quite some time, and today she does a real kindness. She tells her story, but while she's doing so, her blood sugar gets low, and we continue to record as she treats, responds, and rebounds from the low blood sugar. You're going to get to hear the whole thing. It's incredibly interesting. Grace, thank you so much for sharing this with us. Please remember while you're listening that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. I just want to say one more time because when we were done talking, Grace was like, I'm afraid that would be boring or I didn't. It's just, it's incredibly interesting and it's a kindness for Grace to share this with us. So enjoy the conversation, learn something from the low blood sugar, and then have a great day. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, Gvoke Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. The show is also sponsored by the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor, and you can learn more and get started at dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. I'm Grace, and I live in the north country of Wyoming. Ooh, that sounds pretty. Why do I think that sounds pretty? You know, because I've been, I've been watching TV shows that take place in Wyoming during this entire COVID-19 thing. <laughs> <laughs> I heard your interview with someone talking about that. There was a, a younger man that you interviewed a while back. I listened to your podcast, and he's from uh, Landers, I think. Sure. Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I've been watching. I, I've, I've power watched Yellowstone. Um, so that's, oh, I, yes. I, I very much enjoyed. I also just got done watching Longmire on Netflix. I seem to be in a modern Western phase. Uh, and so I just finished, <laughs> I finished Longmire on Netflix and now I've jumped to Justified, which is, uh, available right now on Hulu. Uh, but, um, yeah, I seem to be in some sort of a modern Western phase and Wyoming comes up a lot in all of them, um, <laughs> except for Justified, which is more like Kentucky, I think. That's not the point. The point is, Grace, <laughs> it sounds it sounds remote and lovely where you live, and, and I find that appealing a little bit. But you're not there right now. You're in California, you said. Yes, I'm just not a big city, lots of traffic kind of person. I don't... Um, <laughs> And although it's kind of on the outskirts of the major town traffic where uh, my mother resides, it is annoying for some little country girl like myself. Um, And it's just challenging to drive and deal with, you know, the beep beep and the honk honk. And I'm going to cut you off and get in your lane and you need, you know, (laughs) I just like have a nice day. You're not you're not used (laughs) to driving on an Indy Indianapolis 500 speedway, right? Uh, no, no, there was a time in the day when I did do that, but I just not up for removed myself from most of those stresses. So tell me a little bit about um, how old were you when you were diagnosed? I just turned eight. 
you were eight years old. How old are you now? Old enough to know better, but too young to care about it. <laughs> I have to, all right, I'll leave that at that for a second. But how old is your mom? No, I'll tell you. <laughs> okay, I'll be okay, fifty. Okay. I'll be fifty-nine in a couple of weeks. Okay. All right. So you're fifty-nine. So you've had you've had type one for fifty-one years. Correct. Wow. And how old's your mom? Eighty something. Uh, it changes with you. <laughs> when you it ask changes. Yeah, yeah, she's eighty-three. She's eighty-three. No kidding! Wow. And you're are you just you're you're somewhere where she is now helping her? Correct. Gotcha. Okay. Well, um, how did you? Uh, I have to ask first, I guess, how you found the podcast because you you fall outside of my age demographic a little bit for listeners. Uh, yeah, I know that. Isn't that fun? Um, let's see. How did I find you? Oh, I just been looking. Uh, I connected my phone to listening to subjects of interest. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and somehow I think I found you on Instagram first. Wow. Okay. And that's how I found you. And then I started squinting to read and look and I went, Oh, I just need to go on my laptop and see if I can make this work more easily for myself. And I found it. And then I connected your podcast listening it, to my phone because I'll run around the house doing household stupid stuff and set the phone in a decent location and just listen. And sometimes I'll actually sit down and listen to your podcast. And I found them informative and yet not so much because it's some of it's new on the individuals and how they went about, you know, learning to manage and because I was raised in a military home, I was just handed the insulin and, you know, it was, I was not allowed to leave the hospital until I was giving my own injections and this is how you manage it. And this is how you take care of it. And this is what you have to do. Hmm. It's your disease. You take care of it at the age of eight. And um, so it was really different for me than what I'm hearing these protective parents and, you know, different types of, I mean, there's a few out there that are a little more liberal with their kids. And, um, but when they're diagnosed at two, then that doesn't work yeah. real well. So, um, well, I just, well, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, no. I just find it interesting. The different ways that people are learning about how to manage, take care of it. So is it, what do you find or how do you find the more like nuts and bolts part of the, of the conversations, the management stuff, is it nearly the way you do it or how? Like when we talk about pre-bolusing and, and, you know, I'm learning that there are times when I do need to pre-bolus and there are times when I absolutely don't for myself as an individual with 51 years of type one diabetes from the old glass syringes to vials, of, you know, long acting insulin that never worked for me, Mm -hmm. um, put me into shock or DKA. I was all over the map for a very long period of time uh, until I went to pumping. So, um, there are times when I do need to pre-bolus a little bit. Um, being bold with insulin was something I've always done. You were just always, that was being aggressive. Yeah. Well, so there's a lot here that I'm super interested in. I'm glad I'm glad you're on. Uh, do you wear a glucose monitor now? I do, yes. Which one do you have? 
Um, I just moved to the Dexcom 6 okay. uh, about mm, 60 days ago. Oh, wow. I was on the Libre, and it was just giving me too many low blood sugar readings compared to finger sticks. Mm-hmm. So um, moved to Dexcom. Working it out. Gotcha. So now that you have a, a CGM on that you can see continuously, where where does your blood sugar, does your blood sugar sit stable or does it jump around all the time? Um, yeah, it's still pretty, it vacillates mm-hmm. to a certain degree. It, it depends on my activity, you know, activity. There's three things that manage me. That's activity, medication, and food. Right. Um, However, I can go for a 45 minute walk and I maintain a certain level. I'll stay at 116 to 110. And then 20 minutes after my walk, I I bottom out at like 35. So. (laughs) No kidding. Okay. So, all right. What what insulin are you using? Uh, I'm just using uh, Novolog. Novolog in a pump and you have a CGM. Oh, okay. What, may I ask your current A1C ish? You don't have to tell me exactly. I believe it was a five point nine. Ah, okay. Ha- lifetime. Were you able? Where were you keeping it in your forties, for example, a decade ago or more? A little higher. I was in this mid sevens. Um, when that was what well, I've been on a pump for mm, 17 years. Okay. And I didn't want to go on one because they were huge and bulky right. originally on. They were just like, Oh my gosh, cumbersome. And, and I'm never going on that for eight years. Um, the greatest endocrinologist I ever had, which I still love and would see him if, you know, I needed to, um, it's just he's not geographically desirable because he's in California and I'm in, you know, Wyoming. But um, he suggested it. And he said, well, I'm glad you waited until the technology got better. And I said, well, I think it's time. And I was in the 15s and 16s with my um, A1C at that point. And back then you're using just uh, some some sort of a fast-acting insulin, some sort of a slow-acting insulin, or were you like MPH and R or an R like it, yeah, yeah, I was u- using regular insulin mm-hmm. and a single to double. We tried single dose of NPH. We tried double dose of NPH, and for some reason, because it took them six months to diagnose me. Okay. We were in transition in, in the military life that I grew up in, um, transporting, relocating. I've been to 35 different schools, probably moved 1,450 times in my entire lifetime. <laughs> Was your dad a general? Uh, <laughs> you broke up a little bit there. What oh, did you I say? I said, Was your father a general? No, <laughs> no, but we did relocate frequently and it was a lot to do with family dynamics. I'm the youngest of three. Okay. Um, the only one that's ever had, you know, any medical problems. And we just lost my sister. She passed away unexpectedly. So um, that's why I'm here. I'm here to help, you know, my mother manage 
different things in her life. And, oh, I'm sorry. You're, you're just your sister passed recently, and she had been helping your mother. Yes, yeah. somewhat. Mom is very stubborn, very independent, and I'm going to do it myself. And we only recently convinced her that she didn't need to be driving anymore. <laughs> She's now going for a ride in California. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so, so this is, this is really something because you lived in a completely lived and managed your diabetes in a completely different technological time. And now you're, I mean, you're as modern as you could possibly be right now with your care and you're, and it's, are you having a lot of lows that are keeping your A1C lower? Like, are you under Uh, probably a few more than desirable, but I, I took all my devices. I took my, um, PDM and my controller into the doctor's office while I was at the blood lab and that's in Colorado and dropped it off while they downloaded and uploaded. And then I went back to get it. And, um, so he was like, yeah, congratulations. He says, looks like you're doing, he says, I like your current settings. Cause, um, I too have that stubbornness. I'm going to do it myself and you can just, you know, write the prescription, please. Because, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's like he, he asked me one time, he's, I told him about, you know, your podcast. He says, you're not becoming bold with insulin, are you? And we just laughed because, <laughs> you know, come on. Well, all right. So the, the military doctor that once they finally diagnosed me, he, he said, um, yeah, he says, don't deprive her of any, you know, food values or going to a birthday party or whatever. He said, uh, just give her a little more regular insulin. Mm-hmm. So that that was how we managed, you know, 50 years ago. Why should that change now? Right. Are you telling me the doctor, when you told the doctor about the podcast, he was aware of it? Correct. Oh, I want to take a moment to thank all the people who tell their endocrinologists about the podcast. Thank you. That's really crazy. This was in Colorado? Correct. Nice. I'm huge in Colorado. Utah, too, in case you're wondering. Uh. Um, I, I noticed that, <laughs> you know, you? you're you're pretty international, my friend. You just really got it going on. Oh, it's working and, out. Yeah. Well, I'm really thrilled that you like the podcast because it says a lot to me that someone who's lived through many different iterations of type one diabetes and who, I mean, and I don't mean this insultingly, obviously, but you're on the other side of pod listening to podcasts in general, uh, age wise that, that you found it and that you enjoy it means a lot to me. It, it really does. Like I, it, that's a very good sign to me about the show, uh, that, that you specifically can, um, listen to it, find something interesting or helpful about it is really, uh, is wonderful. I'm I'm so happy that you, that we're talking today. Um, I'd love to know a little bit about. I mean, have you been married through your life? Do you have children? Like, what's a little bit of your background? Okay, so uh, I did the married thing once, um, and we're no longer married. I was unable to have children, and the I've been a parent. <laughs> I, 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 I semi adopted in an open adoption for boys. So okay. they're a major part of my life. So I'm theirs. If you want to know the truth there, I'm their go-to girl. Um, things are going habeas corpus with other relationships in their life. And, you know, we talk about it and I listen to them and I worked with exceptional children for 20 years. And, um, 
so that's kind of my background with that. The marriage didn't work out because I didn't like getting beat up and tossed around and it was just not a good situation and I don't tolerate that very well. Of so <laughs> Well that's good for you. What what may I ask like in what part of your life were you married? At what age were you? I got married at forty three. Look at you. You are a trailblazer in a lot of different ways. And this guy was a jackass and you were like, that's when I'm not doing this. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I waited and waited and I let him make that decision so that the financial responsibility would fall into his lap. <laughs> Grace, you um, wait, you waited him out to, for, for, for money reasons. That's You are a tough lady. <laughs> not really. No. I'm fragile, but I don't want to admit it, you know. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, I'm so I, sorry that that's terrible that um that anybody would lay their hands on you like that. Well, he did it in such a way that, well, you know, when you are of his type, uh, uh, government official, let's just put it that way, uh, he could get away with things that weren't obvious. Okay. So he was and, the type of person who, who nobody would have thought that of or, or would have. Um, gone after had they thought it so he he had a little autonomy to be to to hurt you without without any repercussions correct yeah i'm sorry and well it took me a while to figure out that you know i was not in a good enough situation but the funny thing is 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 that you know i you know my father basically raised me my my mom was you know had raised her two older kids and was deeply and heavily involved in their life and she had returned to school to get her medical license finished up and um i was what my dad was getting ready to retire from the military so he raised me Hmm. for the most part and um be that as it may i've always enjoyed guns and outdoors and horses and you know riding the reins with (laughs) motorcycles and dogs and so it was just like uh and then you know of course i do know how to don the the dress in the tins to go to a a banquet or whatever so when i met this gentleman we met and we talked for hours on the internet you know they and finally he revealed to me what he did and who he was and had to have my background check you had to have me background checks just to date me. Hmm. So that made, yeah, yeah, I was like, huh, interesting. And when I told my dad, I said, I must have done something right because I passed with flying colors. You know? <laughs> but it was another manipulation that I wasn't really aware of at right. the time. Making you feel important and. and exactly. Yeah, yes, wow. exactly. Grace, I'll tell you, I've recorded like 500 of these and still. People surprise me all the time with stories that I've just never heard before. That that's going to be one of them. How long were you with him before you got out? Um, from dating to let's see, thirteen years. Oh my gosh! Well, yeah, thir- thirteen years. How yeah. how how did you handle like with all that going on? Did did diabetes come into the picture, or did he? Was he basically unaware of it? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I've been open about my diabetes because I I am. um, I easily. 
my blood sugar shifts like it's shifting now and I can feel it. Sometimes I don't feel it at all. Mm-hmm. So um, sometimes I'm a little too bold with insulin. So my, I, I don't think I would ever be a candidate for the horizon or the loop system because I manipulate my dosage according to what's going on with me. Well, do you think constantly? Okay. Well, so I'm sorry. So I I'm, I have two questions now because I, I used the wrong word before, <laughs> but what I meant was while you were married, w- did you just manage your diabetes on your own? He was not involved in it. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I pretty much. And he would, you know, throw temper tantrums because, you know, uh, he didn't understand why I, why I would be taking some insulin when, you know, I had drank 40 ounces of juice <laughs> to come up from a low blood because the gastroparesis, right? So um, that's why Okay, it, yep. it takes a while for me to respond to getting my blood sugar back up ah. if it drops. So you have gastroparesis. Severely. You have gastroparesis too. And, and I mean, honestly, like I'm thrilled that you've found all the technology you found, but if you had A1Cs in the double digits, through a, a larger portion of your life. That's what I was going to ask you. Have you had any repercussions of it? So gastroparesis is one. Do you have anything else? Um, yeah, I've had multiple eye surgeries, hand surgeries, um, that, you know, with the triggering fingers, mm-hmm. uh, I have neuropathy in my feet okay. pretty severely at times, you know, I get rested. I take Tylenol for the discomfort and once in a while I gab a pitten, but I'm not fond of that because it just makes me so, uh, what's the word I want? It puts me into la la land and I don't care for the double vision or the, the side effects are worse than the, you know, the relief that it semi helps with. I, I have to just, you had a little bit of noise on your end. So I didn't hear the second medication that you're saying you don't like to take. What was it? It's called gabapentin. Gabapentin. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's a neurological. It's it's a for pain and it supposedly is to help neuropathy. I see it here. Anti convulsant and nerve pain medication. It can treat seizures and pain caused by shingles. Hmm. And apparently gives you double vision and doesn't make you feel good too. Is, is well, it makes you groggy and loopy. It does me. Some people, I mean, they take it in the hands full, hand by handfuls, and it's perfectly fine. No kidding. Oh, I see. They use this for. It's got a lot of uses: restless leg, fibromyalgia. Oh, they use it for a lot of different things. Sciatica. Okay, sorry, I went down a little rabbit hole there on the internet. <laughs> I got a little lost for a second. All right. Um, so, what is it like? When you've lived your life with A1Cs that are higher and and then all of a sudden you've got this pump and then now more recently you have a glucose monitor, is it like, how do you feel physically, first of all? Do you feel any differently than you have in the past? Um, yeah, I physically, I still feel pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um for someone that's had it as long as I have and been through, you know, the traumas and the, the changes of control as versus I feel more in control of it than I have ever That's excellent. with the CGM and the, you know, I, 
I don't know if it's okay to say, I'm pretty sure it's all right to let you know that I am using the Omnipod um, dash system. No, I heard you say PDM earlier. So I figured you were using Omnipod. Yeah. Right. So, and I haven't been using it all that long. I've only been on the Omnipod dash for a couple of years, but when you are used to wearing, you know, the tubing, Mm -hmm. And you have enough accidents between, you know, getting cut or caught on something, you're not aware of it, um, and it's disconnected, and you all of a sudden, you you just fall out. And they're, you know, lifting you into a, an ambulance, and you come to, and it's like, what happened? And like, uh, it looks like your tubing got cut. Uh, so um, that gets to be too dangerous for somebody that remains active. Mm-hmm. Yeah as myself. Um, I'm not as active as I would like to be or once was, but I, I just, I'm not ready to give up yet. You know, <laughs> it's just not there. Okay. You don't sound like somebody's going to give up to me. Uh, but I, I take your point and it's funny. Like, you know, when I, when I do the ads, I'm, you know, I'll say sometimes like, you know, you don't get your tubing caught on a doorknob and get it, your site ripped out or, but you're even saying that can happen and you just won't know it happened. And then, yeah, I had it. I had it happen a couple of different times in different ways, but wow. yeah, yeah, that's not good because now suddenly you do not have any insulin that you think you do, and I guess that that quickly escalates um, to very high blood sugars. I um, I was talking with somebody yesterday who had uh, um, a malfunction with their pump, and um, they said like, you know, what'll happen if I just don't take insulin until I get the new pump tomorrow? And I was like, um, I, you'll probably be dead. You, you know, like you can't not have insulin. It's I'm always fascinated by, um, by how little sometimes people understand that that insulin they're getting, you know, if it's slow acting, uh, through injection is the, is the, is the thing keeping them going, you, you know, like the minute you take it away, it, it's, it's a, it's a bad, it's bad news, you know? And, um, I never thought of it that way. Well, you lived in a different time with diabetes. That really is interesting. Um, yeah, we had to boil my glass syringes, right? Mm-hmm. They had the disposable needle caps that were like tin penny nails to a, a eight-year-old child. <laughs> I was like, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> little big. Those needles weren't as fine as those little ones are now, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. No. Oh, absolutely not. And, you know, the only way that they could test my blood was to draw intravenously and that was even more traumatic for me i it was like that um, my dad had to just sit me in his lap and wrap his legs and arms around me while they you know someone else held my arm out for them to draw it hmm. um and i'm still i i hate that i hate i hate it i hate it I a hate blood it. draw in general just doesn't work for you because of all the the times when you were younger what? And I'm scarred. I'm scarred. I mean, physically, there's scars in my arms <clears throat> from, you know, them drawing my blood. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, military hospitals were not up to date. <laughs> right. And you were probably just and, and it's a it's a it's a kid of a of someone and you have diabetes and it's got it's I mean, I'm just I haven't even done the math, but 50 years ago, 1970 ish. Is that yeah. Yeah, about it. Yeah. You, when you were diagnosed, yeah. maybe 1969? 69. Yeah. yeah, it was in March of 1969. I remember it like it was yesterday. 
No kidding. Because I was sick. I had been sick. Well, we had relocated from the east to the west, literally. Um, and it was, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with, I got to treat for a little bit low here. Don't do um, your thing. The, um, Can we take a, take a, 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 a U-turn for a second? Um, what number are you, tre- <laughs> what number are you treating at? Uh, it's dropping rapidly. I'm at 70. Let's see. What did it say? It said 80 and it says 71. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and do you have, have an- a little juice here. Take care. Um, yeah, you know, the the puppy already he, he starts. Um, good boy, Grace, you have a dog there way ahead of time. I was going to say, Grace, you have a dog there with you, or you're getting low and confused, and you're talking to yourself. Which is going on? <laughs> a little bit of both bit at of the both. moment. You know? yeah, sorry, take your time. <laughs> Seriously, take your time. Givoke Hypopen has no visible needle and is the first pre-mixed auto-injector of glucagon for very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes, ages 2 and above. Not only is Givoke Hypopen simple to administer, but it's simple to learn more about. All you have to do is go to givokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. Givoke shouldn't be used in patients with insulinoma or pheochromocytoma. Visit givokeglucagon.com dot com slash risk. The first time I had ever heard about the Dexcom was years and years ago. Arden's nurse practitioner told us that there was this device that you could see your blood sugar in real time on, and it was called a Dexcom. She said, are you going to get a Dexcom? And I was like, I don't know what that is. So she explained to me, that she had a kid in the practice who was super excited to get a Dexcom so that they could learn how to eat their favorite snack. This this thing that they had struggled with constantly with a spike. And they thought that by seeing their blood sugar, you know, they might be able to make better decisions with insulin. And what a what a fun thing to think back on, back when that was just like a an idea in someone's head. Like, maybe if you could see it, it would be easier. Oh, what an understatement, huh? Well, today, many years later, I can tell you that that absolutely turned out to be 100% true, and uh, a lot more, actually. So the Dexcom G6 allows you to see your blood sugar in real time, not just the number, but the speed and direction. And this information is invaluable. It helps me every day to make amazing decisions about Arden's care. It could help you too, I think. Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Alerts where you want them. You want to be alarmed when you go below 90, you can do that. You don't want it to happen until you're below 80, you can do that. 70, it's up to you. You want to hear a rise alert? I like mine at 120. On Arden's phone, it's 130. These distinctions are yours to make. And you can decide who, if anyone, you want to share your data with. So Arden's data is shared with me and my wife but it could also be shared with up to eight more people, right? So Arden can see it, plus 10 more people of her choosing. Now, if you're an adult, maybe that's your husband or your mother. If it's for your child, it could be anybody. Daycare provider, school nurse, it's completely up to you. Choice is yours. Dexcom.com 
forward slash juicebox. I'll tell you this, these results are ours and yours may vary, but my daughter has zero diet restrictions. She eats a fairly classic American diet and her A1C has been in the fives for seven years. I think a lot of that has to do with being able to see the data, being able to see where her blood sugar is going and how fast it's getting there. I hope you check it out. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. There's links in the show notes to that and to all of the sponsors. You can also find those links at juiceboxpodcast.com. Well, he, he moved himself from one position to the next and came and lay next to me by my feet. And he, he just kind of groans at me if I'm up and about, but if I'm not awake, he uh, scooches me off the bed and He'll sit beside the bed and start barking and let me know. Is he an alert dog or does he just? Yes, he is. Oh, okay. he's, a, he's, he's a DAD, a diabetic alert dog. Wow. As I suck down my orange yes, juice. Take your time. <laughs> do you see, are you, do you have like a straight arrow down or a diagonal arrow on your Dexcom? What are you saying? It's a straight arrow. Straight arrow. It'll drop even more, even after I get the juice on board. Because the gastroparesis, you won't pick the juice up as quickly? Correct. And I can always, what I typically do now that I've found works is I'll drink my juice and I'll open a little sugar packet and just absorb that through my cheeks, gums and cheeks, right? Even the gel tubes don't get on board as quickly as something like this does. So How, um, How frequently do you have to do this? Usually about daily, mm. but I'm just too bold with insulin sometimes. Cause I, when I see it, when I'm rising rapidly, I correct right away. And it kind of gives me that opportunity to have a low. So if you get too aggressive at the wrong time, mm-hmm. so you have trouble, I guess, pre-bolusing because of the gastroparesis, you don't always know how quickly the food's going to get taken up. Correct. Yeah. Have you tried... Have you tried pre-bolusing some, but not all, and then putting in the rest as soon as you see the food hitting you? That idea is very new to me, mm-hmm. um, but I've heard you, you know, on your podcast talk about that. Yeah, because and the, I thought, huh, yeah, you because, know, that might be something worthwhile for me. Hundred percent. So I'll talk for a second, so you can take a break. But um, like the way I. You know, I've said this before, but I had someone with gastroparesis contact me privately to try to talk through this idea, and I really didn't know what to say, obviously. And as we were talking about it, I thought the closest thing that I imagined to her situation and yours is the idea of a, of a young person, a toddler, who people say, well, I can't pre-bolus because I don't know if they're going to eat or not. So I just changed that in my mind to I can't pre-bolus because I don't know if the food's going to be there or not, like working, you know, hitting my blood sugar. And so what I always tell young people, you know, pe- uh, parents of young people is I would put some in, you know, pick an amount that feels safe. And then as soon as you see the rest of it hitting, like, go ahead and put it, put it in. And I don't know that that's not a great idea for you to try at least because, because maybe in some situations you'd notice, well, I don't need it right away. And it could end up being, it could end up being in a, a, a long amount of time, right? Before the food hits you. 
and then other days. Right. And then Depends other- on the type of food I'm consuming as well. It, pizza versus, you know, uh, vegetables is going to absorb. Is it consistent? Like this, or it depends on your system too. Yeah, it does. It depends yeah. on the time of day and how much activity. And did I go for a walk or did I not? Mm-hmm. Am I packing up my car to go on a, a you know, a seventeen hundred mile trip? <laughs> how many steps I'm taking? Right. Yeah. Um, and it's the day before, so um, the activity doesn't normally hit my body right away. I okay. found that to be very interesting as well, and I'm. You know, the gastroparesis has been happening since I was in my late 20s. Mm. It's, it was diagnosed in my late 20s. Um, I'm sitting back down because if I'm up, if I, if that's a problem with headphones. I tend to be active. I tend to get a little like, oh, I need to pace or walk around or, and I probably shouldn't because, you know, my blood sugar is now at 61, but I don't believe it's entirely that low. Do you want to test? Uh, I'll, I mean, listen, to be perfectly honest, somebody having a low blood sugar on a podcast about type 1 diabetes is content. It's You're not wasting my time. So <laughs> people, I'm sure right now people are like, I wonder what this lady's going to do. But do you want to test with a meter? I'll, I'll be, go ahead and do it. No, I'm fine. You sure? Yeah, I, 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 I don't... It's because of the interstitial fluids. If I'm leaning or tapping, or there's a, you know, if I wear a a, a tighter sleeve around the CGM, mm-hmm. I feel like it's it just it, it could possibly be that low, but I'm not, you know, passed out or babbling. And well, well first know. of all, first <laughs> of all, where do you usually pass out at? And secondly, do you want to give me your location so I can call nine one one for you if you need me to? <laughs> Well, the dog has now blocked the door. He won't let me leave the room. Um, he's like, yeah, I'm moving over here because, you know. So he wants you to stay still and handle yourself now. Yeah. Does he, he knows that you took in carbs? Yes. And I uh, completely, I went to, I have, you should see my PDM. You'd love this. What I did when I saw it. I moved to I'm not hungry. So for an hour, I won't be getting any insulin in a temp basal. So you did a temp basal um, decrease like all the way down, like 0% for an hour. Yes. Okay. Will that cause a high blood sugar later or not necessarily? Um, what I'll do is I'll, I'll cancel it eventually as I see the, um, your blood sugar CGM start to come back up. Yeah. yeah. I look at it a lot because you know, my work allows it. If I'm working, if I do, if I'm working a contract from home, I can, you know, manage my diabetes better. Mm-hmm. If I'm out in the field doing inspections, eh, it's a little more challenging because hmm. I'm more active and it, it just, it's just nice to have this. It's just a big help for my lifestyle. Well, yeah. Well, someone like you who's had so much um, experience prior to this, just being able to basically flip a switch and shut off your basal insulin, it must be pretty exciting, honestly. Oh, it really is. Um, It definitely is very exciting. I didn't, you know, because I looked, 
I studied technology and I have a couple of degrees in it, but that doesn't mean anything because, you know, data technology, I saw it come into play and just become so dynamic so quickly, so rapidly. I knew I went, I'm never going to be able to keep up with this at this point, you know. So um, I'm glad I have that education, but I'm more happy about it being available to treat diabetes type mm. one. No, I, I agree. I think that it's uh, it's pretty amazing how far we've come so quickly. And even though we talk about, you know, 50 years as being your, your lifetime with diabetes, that seems like forever. And it really is for you personally, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things and the way technology moves um, in the last decade, things have moved exponentially faster than they did the, you know, maybe the four or five decades prior, we've gone farther quicker. And it, and it, Oh, seems, absolutely. Yeah, yes. It seems to just oh, be picking absolutely. up. Hey, last night, one o'clock in the morning, last night, I got up to let my dogs out. And as I'm coming back upstairs, I get a notification on my phone that, you know, astronauts are about to enter the International Space Station. And I push a button and five seconds later, I'm watching astronauts go from a from a spaceship into a space station on my cell phone while I'm walking up my stairs. <laughs> and I'm all listen, I'm in my late 40s and I had a computer when I was 12 or well, 13, probably 13 or 14. I had one of the very first like. You know, Apple like, two E's. Oh, I got like one. I had one from Radio Shack first. Then we had like Commodore sixty fours, and you know, and 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 so being a person who's been right there at computing from the very beginning, I'm still going to tell you that I still had a moment last night where I was stunned that I was looking down at a crystal clear screen watching astronauts float into the space station. I thought, my gosh, that is really an exceptional leap that we've made. That they can do that, and that I can see it. You know. Yeah, especially because we're watching the after fact on Zenith black and white screen TVs. That was, you know, one of the best TVs available, you know, <laughs> we showed 60s. We showed Arden, Arden saw a, an old console television the other day. She's like, what is that? Well, her first question was, why is the TV on the floor in this picture? It's not <laughs> mounted to the wall. Yeah. Right? She's like, why is it on the floor? I'm like, it used to be part of furniture. And then, did. yeah, then we found like, <laughs> then we found a piece of uh, a picture where you could see like inside of a console television from the top and the bot and the back. And she was just like, what is all that? Cathode ray like, tubes, yeah, right? There were tubes and big like circuit. It was no circuit boards, you know, tubes and, and all this stuff. And she, and, and now our television is, is whisper thin, you know? And, um, it, I mean, I basically have a TV now that's just a, it's, it's basically a piece of glass with a small computer attached to the back of it. I mean, honestly, that's kind of what it is, you know, at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because the circuit boards are so paper thin and they're, you know, they're made of, you know, copper and aluminum and, you know, the circuit boards. I used to work after school for IBM. Okay. I was I worked for an independent contractor that we wired these I forget what they're called now but I would follow this you had to be able to detect your colors you needed to know what red yellow and blue 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was it. You know, if you could do that, you could read the diagrams and follow the wiring and then switch it. And they were huge. Yeah. They were big. It was just an after school job. I made, you know, like um, two fifty an hour. Right. Yeah. And this was, <laughs> I would, you know, rope these wires, this wax string together and send these, this diagram in multiple directions and then add the connecting ends to it. And it would go to a different department after I did that. And my, you know, my supervisor would come by and he says, I need 10 people just like you that can do this so that we can increase production. I said, you know, I said, look at what it's doing to my hands. He said, Oh, we need gloves on you. And I said, yeah, something. Um, So a friend of mine wanted to earn some extra money after school too. So I said, Hey, Robin, you want to go check this job out? Just, I mean, my employers, my supervisors looking for, you know, more help. She said, sure. So here we are, two of us girls and the rest of them were men. And they're these, you know, huge, big, gigantic, enormous guys working around us. And they're like, we can't keep up with these young women. They're doing a better job than we are. It was just for extra cash. Yeah. was. Yeah. Well, extra cash at 250 an hour. You must have been rolling it. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Hey, how are you feeling? Oh, I'm still low, but yeah. you know it, it's not beeping anymore. What does your Dexcom say? I'm 49. It says 49. So now, are we at the point where we think if we test, you're more like 60, or do you think you really are 49? Oh, I think I'm going to go ahead and give it a finger stick. Good. I'm here. Just do it. The, you're not going anywhere. No, where am I uh, going? Can I walk without falling down? You know. <laughs> You should see the look on the dog's face. <laughs> so are you crazy, Mama? Because when I, we're out walking, um, he'll tap me in the knee, right on the knee, right, um, and say, "Hey, you know, this is not good." You seem low to me, yeah. If we're in the vehicle. He he has a compartment in the back where he rides with his mat, and he's tethered in. It's like he'll start whining. And he'll he'll pout at me from, and I'll see him in the rearview mirror, and I'm like, "Is it blood sugar?" And, uh, yeah, it is. You're right. And I'll pull over and treat, and I may have to take another pack of sugar in. But uh, let's see what we got here. That's the contour next one meter you have, right? If you have it, you got it with a dash. Uh, correct. Yeah. It's a good meter. We're gonna get a good number here. Let's see. Yeah, it says I'm seventy-three. There you go. So you know that it's still any. I don't know if it's my skin or where I put my um, the transmitter and the sensor. Well, I would tell you that. If you were dropping quickly, and I I would expect this, so I expected you to be higher than the number on the CGM when you tested. So you're you're dropping quickly. You caught it with some fast acting sugar, which I think means that your body's that the actual reading inside of your body is going to come up probably five or ten minutes before the CGM can 
can really figure it out uh, because it's all kind of happening so fast. I don't think you're putting your sensor in a bad place. I just think that, you know, CGM technology is a tiny bit behind real time. Um, and you were speaking okay. Like, I didn't think you were 49 the way you were talking. I know you probably don't feel great because you're probably still feeling the low. You haven't gotten the benefit of it coming back up yet. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. I'm still, I'm stuttering. You're doing, <laughs> listen, unless you listen back to this one day and end up saying, I never worked in a place where I worked with technology. I wonder where I came up with that story. <laughs> oh, no, you're kidding. I grew up with an engineer from Ford Aerospace, wow. my, my cousin. My cousin's dad, my cousin, you know, my first cousin, my second cousin, my second cousin, my third cousin, second and third cousins. Um, Yeah, he was an engineer for Ford Aerospace. And then my stepfather was a, a, he worked for the skunk team at Department of Defense as an engineer. So he was a lot of fun. He and I got along great, but he, he, my brother and sister just did not like the guy. God rest his soul, but he. I understood him and I liked him and we, we enjoyed some of the same things um, watching, you know, television and DVDs and, you know, um, yeah, he was brilliant. That's nice. That's right. Really oh nice. yeah. Well, are you, I want to make sure you're feeling okay. Oh uh, yeah. I feel, feel pretty right. good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not up running around. I'm sitting down and trying to behave myself so that, so tell me a little bit about, let me ask you a couple of little interesting questions that are interesting to me. Can you tell me about how much you weigh and what your basal rate is? Yeah, my basal rate is 13.2. A day? Yes. Okay, so. And I weigh about 110, 112 okay. pounds. I'm five foot three. 13 divided by 24. Are you getting... Point five, point five, five an hour. Yes. Yeah. About that. Gotcha. Five, point five, point five, five an hour. That mm-hmm. right. That's my favorite basal. That's your favorite. Basil. I'll kick it. I'll pick. I'll kick it lower if I'm going to go out uh, exercising, walking, or if I'm going to take the dog to the park. Right. You know. And overnight, how do your graphs look overnight? Are they stable and lower? Um. They vacillate a little bit. Uh, how about how about just stability? Is there like overnight? Are you up and down, or are you in a in a straighter line? I'm in a straighter line for the most part. Yeah, that's my trickiest moment. You know, right before I I get sick, like if I'm going to get the flu or if I'm going to get uh, bronchitis, typically mm-hmm. late winter i come down with it on a pretty regular basis um i'll have a severe low the day or two before i get really sick okay which is a big indicator the for illness. me yeah the illness is coming <clears throat> right i i think arden has that same thing if arden gets like a head cold or you know nothing like stomach related but like a head cold or one of those things where you're functioning okay but you don't feel well she seems to need less insulin during those times as well but it's interesting that you get like stubborn lows and then then you see the illness uh a day or so later that's interesting well i'm I'm just i'm just trying to understand 
Like, so you have a couple of different, you know, challenges, obviously. One of them is the gastroparesis is, is I would think, the biggest one. The idea of how do you stop spikes at meals if you don't know when the meals are going to impact you or if they ever will, right? Or if it'll be hours and hours later. Um, And then it sounds like during activity, you can drop pretty easily. Like those, uh, do, do you think of those as your two biggest kind of hurdles with diabetes? I do. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was um, a swimmer. <laughs> I imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you're laughing at the idea that you were a swimmer. <laughs> they, they had to, you know, I'd dive and we, we, we would practice in, a, you know, a 50 yard pool, a lot of flips, a lot of back and forth, back and forth, two miles of exercise swimming you're using every body muscle that you possess Mm -hmm. and my favorite sport was polo water polo because i i just enjoyed it i enjoyed it it was fun Mm -hmm. so um but competitively i was you know like on the d team (laughs) the slowest swimmer i i could do length i could swim forever but I couldn't compete because I wasn't fast. I wouldn't stay on the surface because when you're swimming competitively, the idea is, is that you use the water to move through it Mm -hmm. at the level of the water. That's the idea, but there's a lot of resistance, you know, if you're not swimming streamlined. So, um, as is for most of us, it, you can't, you know, teachers become instructors and teachers. If you can't do it, make it work for you, you become a teacher of the art. And that's how I figured it out, you know. And I started working with exceptional children in the water to practice my art yeah. because I, I'm, I'm better instructor of it than I am a swimmer of it. Cause when you watch me demo it, it's like, hey, that's a butterfly stroke. It looks like you're, a, you know, you've been hit with a, <laughs> sure a you're not having gun. a stroke lady. Yeah, no, well, yeah sh- you're sure yeah, you're not having yeah, a stroke yeah. in the water. <laughs> I think you misspoke. You're not showing us a stroke. You're having a stroke. And, uh, <laughs> Well, listen, I wonder, too, when you were younger with the higher blood sugars, if maybe you physically just weren't able to move as quickly as maybe you could have as well. Very well could have been. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very well. It's isn't it fascinating? Possible. Isn't it fascinating that, that so many people, and you're just a good example of it right now, but who lived prior to this technology and honestly, who live today without it are... I don't know what to say. Like, I don't know how you would put it, but it sounds to me while I'm listening that that you were, your life was, was restricted in ways that probably after a while you didn't recognize were restrictions, but that you're physically, you're physically and maybe mentally because of like low blood sugars or high blood sugars were being held back and you didn't even really know, I guess you're just doing the best you could with the information you had and, and the way things were done back then. Do you look back oh. on it? Is it sad to look back on it? Or are you just happy well, about where you are? It's not sad. It's what I knew. Yeah. Okay. So what I think is uh, probably the disadvantage 
is, is that my parents were not educated any differently either. Right. Um, Growing up on military bases until I was 19 years old. And then, you know, moving from that. Well, yeah, because like I said, my father is basically the main parent. He was the main parent in my life um, for a very long time. And we, we, uh, he let me drive the golf cart. You know, that was always fun. I didn't play golf, but uh, he would send me on the putting course. He'd say, um, my daughter's putting for me. (laughs) (laughs) He had a bad ankle, you know, and so his, they were like, they loved it. They loved that, you know, I could putt Mm -hmm. and I was pretty daggone good at it so you know it was like okay you're up you know and i would just strut out there with his putter and i would make the putt and they would be sitting over or standing over on the sidelines making their bets Mm -hmm. about whether or not you sink a putt yes (laughs) (laughs) he would say I don't know if she sees that role. I don't think she sees that, that turf the way I'm seeing it because I'm at a different visual advantage. Mm. And he would cue me in a little bit. He said, you win, you, you sink this putt and you know, you can have anything at the clubhouse you want. <laughs> I would take the money from that. I would have said, look, if I sink this putt, I'm taking half this money you win. How's that sound? <laughs> money was never, no, money, my sister, my sister was driven by money. Hmm. I've never been driven by it. Gotcha. Yeah. You got it. You got it. You don't, you don't. It, it's, you know, I've just, it's never been a, a force for me. Yeah. Because well. if the more I have, the more I spend. I, any of us. Right? <laughs> I don't know. I like to try to save some money. Anybody can make money. It's keeping it. Yeah. Investing it properly. That's the ticket. That's the hard thing to do. Yeah. Not spending it is, uh, is the thing they don't tell you that you have to teach yourself. Um, I, you know, it's funny. We were just talking to my son the other day and he asked if he wanted to try investing money a little bit. He, he had, you know, his, a couple of his friends are doing it. And he wanted to try as well. And so for Christmas, he asked for a little bit of money that he could, like, instead of a Christmas present, he's like, can I just have some cash? I want to try this thing. And so he and I were talking about it. And I told him, I was like, you know, when you were little, you know, people would give you money for your birthday or for Christmas. And and you were our first kid. And, you know, mom's first reaction was, well, we'll put it in the bank for him. And I said, let's let him keep some of it. And like, we can put some in the bank. I said, but you know, we'll teach him how to put some aside. I was like, but let's let him have it. Because I found the, my concept was, is that giving a kid $20 or $40 or sometimes, you know, $50 that come in a birthday card um, and giving them the, the ability to spend it so that he could see what happens to the money once it's gone. Like let him experience having it, yeah. right? And then suddenly not having it. And then seeing that, oh, I have this thing now. And then realizing three weeks later, I don't even know where that thing is or I don't, I'm not as interested in it as I thought I was, but the money's gone now. And if I would have held on to this 50 and put it to this 50 and this 50 and on and on, and on I could have actually gotten something substantial. So we sort of use that money as a teaching tool 
almost imagining. Yeah, almost imagining that maybe it'll be a thousand dollars over their childhood, right? And and they'll probably lose it. It'll probably be gone. But that the the lesson will be more valuable than the money. And I have to say, both of my kids are very good with money. Like even if you take Arden shopping for clothing and she picks out a couple of items, you'll see at the very end of the shopping trip, she looks at it again and she puts some of it back. It, it, you know, it's just very like, oh, you know what? I pick these three things that I like, but as I'm living with them here and wandering around, I realize I just want this one thing to put the other two back. It's, um, it worked out like I should knock on something because it, it, it worked out really well. Um, letting them use it ended up being more valuable than making them save it because they wouldn't have known I, what they were saving it for, you know? What I, I did the same thing with my kids that my dad did with me. Yeah. It was like, you come you 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 come up with fifty percent of the cost of the item that you want, and I'll put in the other fifty percent. Mm-hmm. That's nice. When my son left, whether it was clothes, cars, no matter what, books, cameras, it didn't matter. You know, it yeah. was like here's how it works with me, and I still like that principle because it taught me how to manage money. Yeah. No, we we did that when uh, uh when Cole was leaving like the middle school age you know, 13, 14, he was heading into high school and he, um, his hands were getting bigger. And he said, I, my hand's not going to fit in my baseball glove much longer. And he wanted to get a new, uh, outfielder's glove and a new infielder's glove, but they were very expensive. And, um, he's like, I can just get a cheaper one. I can afford the cheaper ones. He's like, but I want to get a good one and use it all through high school. Maybe I can even have it for college. So I said, okay, look, you, pay for half and I'll pay for half and we'll get you good gloves. And he, a, 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 an infielder's glove that he got when he was 15 years old, maybe 14 years old, he still wears while he's pitching in college and it still holds up for him. Cause he, cause he, and now he sees, I, I spent a little extra money. I got something of a higher quality and look six years later, I still have it. You know, oh yeah, I'm all about the quality. Forget the quantity. Yeah. Give me the quality over the quantity any day. I'd rather, you know, hold out and get, you know, this item, pay a little more for it because I know it's going to last. Yeah. No, I, I call that the dollar store theory. I would rather have one $500 item than 500 $1 items. Uh, mm, I, you know, I just, yes, give me one absolutely. good thing that I can really sink my teeth into. So how are we doing with your blood sugar? What's going on now? I hear, I hear rappers. <laughs> I'm having a Welch's fruit snack oh. because it's, yeah, it's still not great. So the CGM still reads lower. No, it went down and then it, yeah, it was weird because, you know, I was riding at 49. Now it's leveling off at 44. It went from 49 to 42, and now it's, yeah. Now, if you, do you think if, do you feel low or do you feel? I'm a little shaky, but I, I know that it's going to come back up because right. I've treated it. It's just with the gastroparesis, it can take me an hour to come back up to like 93 and then ride out at 93 to 102 for a while. Right. Wow. Yeah. It's, and, and you do like, I'm not asking you to do it again, but do you think if you did a finger stick again, you'd be lower than the 70 some that we got the last time? No, we can check it. I don't mind testing it for the podcast. 
Well, I'm just for you, Scotty. Right, right, for me, basically. I call you Scotty. I like, I like Scotty. You do refer to me in, as as Scotty in your private life, even though we. I do. Met, yeah, never I listen met. to Scotty, and they're like, "Who? You're talking Star Trek or what?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, I got to be like, honest with you, Grace. It's way better than that asshole. I'm taking that. <laughs> <laughs> well, a, a friend of mine. Um, I used to hang out in this group of people, and, but she's still my friend. Um, her son was diagnosed at the age of two. Mm-hmm. And he's camping out with some friends over this one weekend. And all of a sudden I get this phone call. Can you come over? We need your help. We have we have Andrew for the weekend. His parents are out of town. And I'm like, well, don't panic. I'll be over in a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> don't panic. They really he's, didn't know what to do, huh? Is he still breathing in and out? Yeah, yeah he's still. Well, yeah, it's dropped on the, it says it's now at 69 when we had a, originally tested it was 73. So you bounced um, a little... And you're leveling off, but drifting back again. Yeah. yeah. And you could feel that enough that you knew to just have the, the fruit snacks. Yeah. yeah. It's a, a danger, but, danger. Will Robinson. Yeah, yeah. I went to Costco. So I, I got a, I think there's 90 packs. Yeah. And there's 90 of Welch's fruit snacks. So I got. In that big Those box, are, you get that big box. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that forty-pound box of fruit snacks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think everybody listening knows that box of fruit snacks, probably. Because <laughs> when you buy them in the grocery store, you have to end up paying ten dollars for like thirty packs of them. It's a ripoff. I mean, it really is. It's not even food. It's just like whatever it is, you, you know. Uh, but it's interesting too because you know, obviously, the gastroparesis is at play. Because those things hit really quickly. I mean, those fruit snacks are, they're like light. Later in the day, if I'm out walking, yeah, they're going to get on board quicker because it might, you know, my body is heated up and I, I'm moving around and it's going to get into my system more quickly. That's interesting. That way. Well, that's mm-hmm. really interesting. Well, I have to be honest, this didn't go any way like I thought it was going to, and yet I find it really interesting, and I think people are going to enjoy listening to it. Um, I like you engaging with questions. Ask me anything that you really want. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, no, I appreciate it. I, I've, you know, obviously I've been trying to to uh, go a little slower because you're because you're doing what you're doing over there. Um, but I, I guess I, I guess my biggest thought is what would you tell people who, who are diagnosed now with this technology um, but don't want it, but can afford it? Like, would you say, like, if, if I put you in charge of the world, would everyone who has type <laughs> one diabetes have this stuff? Put me in charge of the world. Oh my goodness. I'll give you the magic um, wand, Grace. You'd be in charge for a second. Yeah, I would definitely strongly encourage them yeah. to consider it. I mean, now I'm well educated in your, you know, podcast, mm-hmm. right? I was born with a visual problem. 
Okay, I've lived with it all my life. So it's nothing new. So I'm a very intent listener. When I listen to, you know, podcasts of all sorts, I retain that information much better than I would if I had read it. Okay. So I would suggest to them and strongly encourage anybody with, you know, type 1 diabetes, first of all, um, find a good endocrinologist Mm -hmm. and get a prescription for an insulin pump with a CGM just now I see advertising and I don't have TV at home. I just have a, I have a big screen and I play DVDs, but I don't subscribe to any internet. I have internet, but I don't have, excuse me. I don't watch cable TV. Okay. I've been watching internet TV for um, almost 10 years now. Okay. And so I would, I've seen it here because of where I'm staying there. The Libre is encouraging type one and type two people to try their device and giving them a free test drive of it. Mm-hmm. As it, you know, subscribe to it and, and test drive it and see if it works for you. You know, doesn't matter what CGM they're all about the same. They do, you know, every five minutes they test, they give you a reading, you can swipe, you can use your phone, you can use your laptop, whatever technology there is, at least try that, you know, and then, you know, maybe an insulin pump would help you because some people are so good at what they do on, you know, Lantus and in multiple, you know, injections daily that, they would not benefit from it. Oh, I agree. No, I know a number of people who are MDI that do have um, amazing outcomes and they're really on top of it. But having the technology, I just, I was just wondering because you're a person who has not had it. Plus you didn't even have insulin that worked well, you know, nearly as well as the insulin you have now. I mean, honestly, Grace, if, if Novolog existed 50 years ago, you probably don't have gastroparesis right now. Don't you imagine? The ner- and other nerve issues? I, I would imagine, yeah, I would yeah. have had better, tighter control. Right. But I was very labile and brittle from the get-go. I was in, I was passed out in DKA for a very long time. Wow. Um, when they finally got me diagnosed, I mean, it was that severe. Um, my parents had taken me into the clinic um, three times. On the fourth time, I was just gone. Yeah. Well, you've and heard other people's diagnosis stories that are are similar to yours, right? They go in, they think it's one thing, they think it's another thing. Nobody ever checks your blood sugar, and you know you get on. Even to floor. this day, when I had all the classic symptoms, but yeah. my symptoms were not all that classic. And here's the here's the dun, 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 dun. here's an area that's questionable. Okay, hmm. and it happened with my friend's son too. He was two years old. I was eight years old. Immediately following my vaccines, right? Mm-hmm. I became sick. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I got sicker and sicker and sicker and sicker. So um, vaccines have been linked to autism. They've been linked to other things, but changing, you know, 
the government's idea of is this a benefit or is it can it cause problems right how many people and friends of mine i get this phone call this was in 2006 five six five 2005 I get this phone call. Now, this man is a triathlete. He has two daughters that are very healthy and vibrant and a wonderful wife, this family. And they get back from Germany. And I get this phone call. <laughs> He's like, um, Grace, how are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm doing pretty good. And I said, what's going on? he was originally talking to my husband and my husband hands me the phone and he says, Tim wants to talk to you. So he hands me the phone. I said, Tim, what's going on? Cause I was, you know, over, I'm in the kitchen and we're in the motor home and I'm cooking up whatever I'm cooking up. And um, I could overhear the conversation cause it's not a very large space anyway. And I'm nosy. I admit it. So <laughs> <laughs> I said, what, what's going on? He says, uh, I've been diagnosed with, type two diabetes. And I thought, no, you don't have type two diabetes. I said, that's impossible. Right. I said, I, I doubt very seriously. It's type two. They're misdiagnosing you. Well, they, they put me on, ins they put me in the hospital in Germany. I was at the base, they put me in the hospital. They um, gave me insulin to bring my blood sugar down. And now they've got me on that foreman and I don't feel right. Mm -hmm. Right. He's an athlete. Yeah. You know, he was in the army and now he's, you know, a contractor with the department of defense or it's just a gang of people that we know and we hung out with. And he, I said, Tim, I said, make an appointment with an endocrinologist and ask them to do a C peptide serum on you yeah. right away, please, please. He says, what is that called? So he's at he's, Denise, write this down. And <laughs> she's got his, so there's this four way conversation going on. C peptide serum will determine what is actually going on with you. And the next day I get a phone call. He says, yeah, I have type one diabetes within 30 days. Both daughters were diagnosed really? with type one diabetes, Wow! very active, young family. Yeah. The youngest one was first. And then the, and I was shocked. So I'm on this flight and I'm coming back. I think I was going yeah, I'm coming back from being somewhere and <laughs> it's hard to say I've done a lot of travel it, and I end up having a conversation with a service member and we just engage in type one diabetes conversation. He says, yeah, he says, we're finding out because I've, I've known several people that have been given 100% disability while in the military when they become type 1 diabetic, hmm. right? Because they're not accepting the responsibility of it, but it's suspected that certain vaccines can wipe out the islets of Lingerhard, which make the insulin for your body. So you think these are vaccines that they're giving the military members maybe yes, for, they, being, for being overseas and stuff like that. Correct. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. And it, 
it's interesting, but there's also vaccines that we get as children that may be causing it. Yeah. And so the, I don't know, obviously I don't know anything, but I wonder if it's the vaccine causing something or if it's the idea that you're getting vaccines that are causing your body to mount an immune response suddenly to something. And then a lot of doctor's offices like to give multiple vaccines at the same time. And I wonder how much, how taxing that is on your, your system, you know, to, to give it all these different, you know, things that it has to mount an immune response to. And, and if it doesn't take people who already have the markers for type one diabetes and throw them over the edge, it's, it's all, I mean, it's all very interesting. and worth What knowing. are markers? See, that's something I'm unfamiliar with. What, who already has these markers and what are they? Yeah. I've never, so I've heard that used, but I don't know what that means. Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, oh, is it going to run out of my head? Uh, what people are laughing at me now. They've been on the show a number of times. Uh, it's a really common set of words and I'm just flaking out on, uh, well, it has to do with the endocrine system. It's something is that what? Yeah. Well, so there's this, there's this thing called trial net, right? And, and trial net can, I, you know, obviously I'm not a doctor, but they, they take a blood sample and they can tell you if you have certain markers that indicate that you're more likely to get type one diabetes. And I think there's five, I think there's five of them if I'm, if I'm getting this right. And, you know, the more you have, I think it's, it, it, the more likely it is that you're going to get type one at some point. And then it, you know, then it's up to whatever, like you'll hear some people will, you know, uh, I got inoculated for something and then I got type one a little while later, or I got really sick and then I got type one later. My daughter got, um, Coxsackie virus. And then we noticed like a month or two later, she had, it seemed like she had it again. And Coxsackie is not something that should return. So the possibility exists is that she never really got rid of it because when she got Coxsackie, maybe her immune system just, you know, ran full steam at her pancreas instead of at the Coxsackie virus. I have no idea. But I think I think obviously Arden had genetic markers that made her more likely to have type 1 diabetes. And this Coxsackie, you know, firestorm kind of threw her over the edge so i don't know like i think the way you said it it's like there's something in the vaccine that makes type 1 diabetes i don't i don't think that's the generally understood like medical idea i think the medical idea is is that it your immune system mounts a response and then you have these markers already and it, it goes after like you said your pancreas instead of uh instead of the thing it's supposed to be taking care of but again, that's a layperson's understanding of it at best. I'm, you know, not nearly an expert on it. Um, but it's still fascinating, you know, that that, that can happen like that. Yeah, you yeah. sound you sound proactively protective. In other words, <laughs> I, that's that's really a compliment. Oh. <laughs> it's, 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 it's it's supposed to be. Um, I'm heating up some hot water so that I can help get this food on board because my blood sugar is still not really. Well, Grace, listen, yet. we've been at, at this a, a longer than I expected to be, so I'm I'd like to like let me let you go, and so you can you can manage yourself and get yourself together, and and uh, you don't have to be worried about me. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Well, I I I do appreciate your time and taking the time to you know work with me and interview. I. 
I like the stimuli of the questions. Good. I just, you know, what the, the idea of the markers, see, that's new to me. And I, although there's another word that is at both our tips of our tongues mm. that we're not able to come up with at the moment, which is fine. It's just interesting to me because how did, you know, a father and two daughters end up because obviously they had to have something in their system, but they had gotten these vaccines inoculations prior to going overseas. Yeah. No, I, 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 I fully and believe that, that that could be the thing that, that, that fast forwarded the whole thing. You should check it out. It's trialnet.org. They, they explain very clearly there what they do uh, and what they're testing for and, and trying to. Detect. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't fit any of the, you know, there's plenty of drug testing trials out there. But when I read all the, you know, qualifications, can you be on this drug trial or this trial or that trial? You know, I don't fit the qualifications for right. some reason. Either. Yeah. No, this is just, this is like risk screening, monitoring and prevention studies. Like they, right. that, that kind of stuff. But yeah, no, check it out sometime. But I, I want you to take care of yourself first. So um, I appreciate you doing this. I appreciate you powering through a low blood sugar and letting everybody kind of see it happen. Uh, I think it was pretty fascinating. So, um, but I'm going to let you go so that you can so that you can get yourself back to where you want to be. Uh, I'm, I I appreciate that. And well, I I don't know if you'll actually produce this or not. But hey, everybody out there, if I can live through it the way I've lived through it, you know, the dinosaur ages for type one diabetes have changed incredibly yeah. over the years. Grace, and- do you think I'm not going to let people hear this? Uh, well, <laughs> are you out of your mind this is i know perfect. you get to you, you have to edit it to some extent do you or think not. So? i don't i'm you. not editing this this was amazing you 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 were 49 and taking care of yourself with gastroparesis while we were being recorded i think it's fascinating i think it'll well, be i'm be at really 65 i'm doing it's coming up slowly it's yeah. just it just takes a while for i was actually surprised i didn't think that you know i would drop again hold like that lower yeah okay all right well you go ahead and take care of yourself and and i will uh i will send you uh you one day you'll turn your podcast player on and you'll be on there ah yeah could happen <laughs> oh, all will. right scott thank you have a good day thank all you all right you too then. bye bye-bye a huge thank you to one of today's sponsors gvoke glucagon Find out more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. You spell that G V O K E G L U C A G O N dot com forward slash juice box. I'd also like to thank the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor. Find out more and get started at dexcom.com forward slash juice box. And of course, A huge thank you to Grace for sharing this very personal look into her life with type 1 diabetes. If you'd like to interact with other listeners, you can do that at the Juicebox Podcast private Facebook page, now up to 12,000 members. It's completely free. Just come on in, Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes. There's a couple of quick questions to answer to make sure you're a real person. And then after that, you'll be chatting with other listeners just like you. Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. You can actually find the show also 
on Instagram at Juicebox Podcast. And if you'd like to support the show, that is completely simple and easy for you to do. Just leave a great review wherever you listen, share the show with someone who you think will enjoy it, and subscribe wherever you listen. Hit subscribe or follow in your podcast player. It's a huge, huge difference maker for the podcast. Thanks so much. I'll talk to you soon.